Hi, we are back again and sooner than we thought this time. Uh, how are you, Harsh? I'm good. How are you, Raj? I'm good. I'm good. As good as possible in this cold, chilly winter of Rajkot. With Omicron. <laughs> yeah, with Omicron around too. Yep. So, our topic today is a very unusual one. It's band-aids and flowers. So, yeah. What were your first thoughts when this topic came up? So, yeah. I would like to tell the listeners that this topic was not pre-thought by any of us and what we did was i picked up one word one word of a thing and raj picked up one thing and then when and then we texted each other the things and that that's how we came up with the topic so yeah what was your first thought uh it came up from an experience uh, mostly rather than a thought so i was at my office and uh, was dealing with a few sharp objects and i somehow managed to cut my hands at a few places and uh, I had to go get myself a few band-aids and had to apply them on my hand and uh, I think that's literally how the topic came to me. Uh, that's where I began uh, thinking about band-aids and I think uh, the Kintsungi thing that we talked about in a previous episode was uh, still playing on in my head and uh, somehow it clicked and I thought yes this can be a topic and uh, uh, I was like, yes, uh, even I would like to come up with topics. So I, I texted you immediately that, okay, I have one half of the topic. You think about the other half. So yeah, I was sitting uh, in my hall and my mom has this tray of flowers that she keeps at certain places. One of them is in the center table. And that's the first thing I saw when you said pick something. And I was like, okay, flowers. And I was like, oh, bandage and flowers. They are quite interesting. Yeah. So yeah. And funnily enough, even while recording this, uh, on the bedsheet that we are sitting has flowers all over it. <laughs> bedsheet pillows. Bedsheet pillows. Yeah. So many flowers around us. Suits well. Okay, yes. So, bandits and flowers. So, to start with, it seemed like a random topic. Didn't seem to connect. Uh, once I got to know your response that, okay, the other half of the topic is flowers. I didn't know if these two topics will connect at all. I thought I will have to force some connection but as I started writing about it and as I uh, was in the process of writing it I came across some interesting things I think we'll go through them in the course of our discussion um, uh, what about you how was uh, the revelation and how did you deal with the topic I was actually impressed with the connection like, and it was not a very bad connection it's not as extreme as one can think as an immediate connection between the two that we'll talk about as soon as we can but yeah that, that immediate connection struck me and I was like okay this is a fun ride and this is going to be good and like yeah I completed writing it in like 20 minutes to happen and I was like cool yeah let's go oh it took me a while I, I had to write it in three to four uh, different uh, sessions this time no, I, I guess our writing styles are very different as I told you I'm very like I let the idea and the things bake in my mind and once I'm like, okay, I'm done and the idea is fully picked, then that, that's the time I'll go writing. So I wrote it just, let's say today morning and you would have given the topic at, let's say, around a week or half back. So that's the time it incubated in my mind. But even, I would like to ask you, even once you start writing, okay, you've given it some thought, uh, a week, probably 10 days, you start to write. Does it ever happen that once you start, actually start writing it, then you struggle, then you come across things that you didn't anticipate or face some challenges? Uh, if you would like to give me an example or 
let's say in this topic itself what what are the challenges that you face let's talk about that okay for me yeah okay so for me my style is uh, never uh, you know finishing a write up in one go so what happens is uh, even i let the topic play in my head i let it play in my head for some time and when i feel that i have something only then i sit down to write uh, and also with our topics the the practice that i have uh, been doing is that i sometimes uh, take the topic and then sit down to write so i think while uh, writing but this time of course i had the topic beforehand i had given it some thought and then i sit uh, sat down to write what happens is that i i have few thoughts uh, that have formed well in my head i can articulate them but after uh, hitting a certain point so you don't exactly write as you think or that at least that happens with me so i've uh, thought of 10 things but on paper only they materialize into four or five things and after that i need to think again so i take a pause i take a break from writing i put down all the things that i had and i again think about it and then i again come back to write and then i think and then i write uh, till i feel that the writing is finished a uh, thinking never ends yeah. thinking will never com- yeah, yeah. be complete so i go through this uh, process till i feel that write up is at a decent stage now okay so you told me that you think about let's say 10 things and then you end up writing four or five yes. so what creates that gap like uh, what happens to the other things that you are not writing uh i think there are many factors one could be that uh, in my head they seemed like different things but while writing uh, they might come across as repetitive i might be repeating myself the other is uh, you know sometimes uh, i fail to express uh, myself exactly a lot of things make sense because i have my own uh, connections and points of references but to be able to you know express it on paper sometimes becomes difficult for me so i i i simply have to eliminate those things because i am i know i am not going to be able to explain them well uh, they will seem like a, a thread hanging loose uh, so th- those and uh, i think sometimes i just fail to give words it, what seemed uh, quite a nice thing in my head seems very random on paper it doesn't make sense or probably i don't know i thought about something in the moment but while writing it it doesn't come out so well so yeah I, I, that way 50% of it gets eliminated but that way in a way you are charging yourself before anyone else can so that's like uh, you are creating a hurdle to your own writing and if possible let's not do that true but i don't know how to overcome that uh, okay I, there's a 50 50 chance okay i agree that uh, okay. what i think is not making sense or losing or hanging loose might not actually be the case but uh, it's like a shortinger's cat i don't know which one is the case but that's why you take the, take it for granted that the person will understand it right and that's how you'll be able to work up in the next time or that will get eliminated each time that you write so let's say this time you eliminated it hmm. okay next time you go ahead and write it up so maybe if i read it i can suggest you something or how to improve it if let's say a random reader comes across that point and has something to add on it they'll be also able to help you with it so that's how we'll be able to build it right instead of you stopping yourself let's let it go yeah, max what max what will happen is it will hit a dead dead end mm. that's better in anyway. so that's how i do so my process is very different from yours that yeah i let it make and uh, i start with that points in my mind and i write but as soon as i cover those points 
it may happen that I'll improvise a lot and it will be everything might have a very different approach to it or it will be as as I thought right but I ne never stop myself from let's say writing anything let it be as random as possible as uh, gibberish like as possible mm. but I let it out and uh, yeah we just discussed that I bought a book of creative intelligence and one of the things that it mentioned is that you don't like huh if you want to improve the quality of your ideas you don't stop yourself from having one you let it go as many as you can and from that you filter out the best one mm. so it's all about keeping on creating and then selecting your masterpiece rather than stopping at the point of creation itself right interesting so I, and since i have been writing from a long time this has become very easier for me mm. so i'm not thinking about the reaction or about what the perception of the writing will be when i'm writing and which is also why i would not like to read it as soon as i complete it okay it must be at least two days or let's say two hours or after the time i publish it or let's just say i'll just proofread it for the sake of proofreading it mm. okay and i know that if i like read it at that time i'll say that oh i missed something i've overwritten it or i've written shit or something like that but if i not let that come in it helps me and which is why i'm like which is why i'm able to write a lot also in quantity uh, right, right yeah in quantity and as i told that uh, it's only some of the pieces that i would consider as the best or the good ones mm. maybe you might not you might like each of my writing or you might like almost all of them but some of them will also exceed a certain point for of goodness or greatness for you mm. right and the most interesting part will be the ones that you will consider the best maybe that's the one i'll consider the worst right so there's no uh, bridge that will help you to gauge that gap and only thing that you can do is to continue writing so you don't have to stop yourself at any point true i it's think it's all about expressing yourself however you want to be that's interesting yeah. if it's gibberish then someone understanding gibberish will understand it right only babies can talk mm. with each other in gibberish that's true. how it happens true and we often come across uh, small or uh, lengthier pieces and feel like wow this writer expressed exactly what i felt and um, we ourselves might not be able to express it because we are stopping ourselves or censoring yeah. ourselves but someone didn't and that's why thousands of, of uh, readers would be able to connect with uh, the piece that the person who wrote it and uh, that's quite interesting and plus you mentioned that you don't uh, judge your own writing which is interesting because i uh, what tends to happen with me is that uh, once i have left it and once i'm when i'm revisiting it to write the second uh, uh, part or third part or whatever i also tend to read it uh, and uh, as a reader so that uh, i think also that that's what leads me to censor it uh, further i'm uh, writing it then i'm myself trying to judge it by uh, reading it as a reader rather than okay. someone uh, who wrote the piece itself so yeah like i i would also when i read it i'll read as a reader would like to read so it's like what i will like to read i'll write hmm. and that was a quote in uh, alice walker's thing right that oh yes yes, yes, yes. Uh, she was asked that what type of writing so this was who did she ask that uh, tony person? morrison yeah that she was asked what kind of writing to write and so she simply answered 
she simply answered that whatever I like to read and has not been written or has been written but I would want a different flavor to it I write it so that's how I also try writing my stuff okay mm. so that's how I do it and when I see that it's getting repetitive or it's not up to my own standard I let it be because uh, I'm in a way comparing it to my own thoughts that I had let's say if I have to write let's say a song analysis on, on my favorite song mm. and I rate that song very highly mm. and I think that it's the best song in the world right mm. and I do a kind of decent job but it's not at that level right mm. but when you read it it's a whole new perspective for you mm-hmm. because you never thought of that song like that so it becomes a very different thing for you and for me so in a way I'm com- competing with my own self and I'm instead of pushing myself I'm pushing myself down and suppressing myself so that the internal conflict that is there that should not happen which is why I don't do that I let it go out and then I try to censor it true what I've uh, ended up doing is that I don't uh, save drafts now previously what I used to do is uh, I would write something and uh, like you said I wouldn't uh, censor myself uh, so much I would just write something and if I don't like it I would put, uh, put it down as draft one and then uh, improve on it but now uh, lately what I've been doing is there is only one draft that comes out uh, everything else I just delete I don't uh, keep it anywhere I think it might actually make sense to visit it after some time those drafts to see because as uh, Amit Verma whose podcast I listen to ardently he says that uh, th- uh, our writing reflects our thinking think, yeah. so I think if I would visit those drafts uh, later on it would reflect what I was thinking how I was thinking and that might help me in the process probably and in a way the writing that you go that let's say uh, if you have been writing I think you have been writing for let's say 2-3 years right now yes okay so let's say if you visit a writing that you wrote two years ago you'll be able to watch that what you were thinking what state of mind you were in and now that you compare you'll see you see how you have grown True. right so that is also a factor so if you had stopped yourself in the past from writing that you would never have grown that much mm. so in a way you're also stopping your growth right True, and these tendencies affect our overall writing as well. Like you mentioned, that uh, since this has been your approach, you are producing a lot of uh, pieces quantity-wise. And for me, it's been very sporadic. I, I think the only thing that has been helping me uh, create uh, more or write more is the our recordings for our podcast. I know that we have to record, and I know there is a topic, and so I have to write on it. So that's. Only thing that I have been uh, writing sincerely and periodically, otherwise, I don't think there's much I do. Okay, let's come back to band aids yeah. and flowers. So, yes, uh, band aids. I it felt weird that uh, while I was applying the band aids on my hands, all of them were skin colored, and it, uh, it seemed to bug me somehow that why are all of them skin colored? Did you ever give it a thought, or have you seen some fancy band aids that I've missed? I think recently I have seen that there are certain types of bandages that are coming across there like there are ones that will that are transparent you know? so it's not very uh, commonly used but it's uh, an expensive version mm-hmm. and it's very exclusive to find okay. so it's not very common but I think they are like uh, coming up with things right and uh, yeah but mostly you will get only one standard color Okay, I don't know. Like I, 
don't get the reason why they have skin color because most of the bandages that you see in a hospital are pure white, right? Yes. Yeah. So I don't even know why that color is there. Maybe the whole idea of let's say hiding it comes across to me, which is weird in a way because like if you are hurt, then you might want to signal them that I'm hurt and this is the place you want to be away from, right? True. That's exactly what uh, was bugging me. Uh, through the skin color bandages, uh, we are trying to basically camouflage our wounds, and I think I try it. Uh, the thought uh, was playing out in my head, and it went along uh, beyond just the literal terms and beyond just the physical pain. Uh, so I think that's what happens emotionally as well. We try to, uh, you know, hide it rather than. Uh, it's not you don't want to shout exactly to the world that see I'm hurt, but <laughs> you know you can have uh, non-skin colored bandages and that would be a subtle way, a uh, nice equilibrium, a nice balance, and that's how the uh, kintsugi thing, the Japanese uh, art, uh, came into my mind about uh, you know when their pottery breaks, uh, something breaks, they try to repair it, but not through uh, camouflaging the cracks. They actually put in the gold lacquer or the uh, or other silver or something like that to join the broken pieces and uh, it looks beautiful it definitely looks aesthetic uh, but that there's beyond the aesthetic element over there about uh, you know the, the reflecting the history of the object or the wounds of the or the cracks of the object rather and i thought it would be nice if we had something uh, like that for band-aids as well uh, the literal one, the, the metaphoric one, it would uh, be nice, I thought. What do you think? Also, when you mentioned about the, uh, how is it said, kins, kins toge, kins, okay, how, how do you pronounce it? K-I-N-T-U-N-S-G-I, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Kins toge. Kins toge. Yeah, so when you mentioned about kins toge, it also gives us a perspective that, let's say, the broken vessel or the broken plate, usually throw it, right? Yep. It's given a new life, it's given a new perspective to live with. So that's also very interesting and when you give it uh, and when you make it make that a parallel thing with what we experience, it gives a very new perspective, right? So you mentioned that we don't uh, let our emotional and mental state or mental injuries be displayed, right? Mm -hmm. And in a way we are letting them shatter because mm -hmm. if they are not attended to, if the injuries are not uh, seen to, hmm. they'll at least stay, if not uh, increase or heal, hmm. right? And in that way, we are letting it die. So when we try to heal them, we are giving it a new life. True. Right? So yeah, that's that's their terrible. Bandages do that function and I completely agree with your point that it should not be skin colored and it should be in a different color that it if not pro, like uh, catches attention, it uh, shows a difference, right? It's easily distinguishable from your skin. It's not to hide, but it's to show. The other thing that also was bothering me is that the idea is to, you know, if if you see uh, someone with a colored bandaid or something like that, you can at least be careful or be considerate towards them, and uh, that goes for physical wounds and that also goes for emotional wounds you can be uh, you can just simply be sympathetic or understanding towards them without you know bothering them you if you see a, a pink band-aid on someone's hand doesn't 
necessarily mean that you have to go to them and bother them that okay how did it happen what but it's just you know unspoken uh, understanding or a certain sympathy that you can uh, offer someone so that uh, the the wounds or the all the injuries don't uh, collect and like you mentioned shatter or implode so that it, the person or their uh, injuries don't have to implode within it can be seen is uh, if if i can put it that way so that was also bothering me about bandits and uh, while thinking about this this was this was the first part that had uh, come to me when i suggested the first half of the topic bandits yeah. and so, when you threw in flowers i had to think of it all together on a new track so yeah when you mentioned about the part that if the uh, let's say the wound or the bandages seen we do at least feel that yeah this, there should be an understanding and there should be at least a space right but what i would like to add to that is like if the bandage is visible you would also be careful not to uh, go or be near that part let's say if a person has fractured his or her hand or their hand you'll be you'll try to keep your space with the hand so that even in accident you don't touch that hand or cause any additional pain true and if that bandage is not there which happens in many cases be it intentional when people choose to ignore their own injuries or be uh, because of let's uh, let's say not privileges they are not privileged that much that they can afford that bandages or that surgery or whatever they need to recover right so <clears throat> when that happens that bandage also becomes a sign that yeah uh, i need some amount of extra space and extra attention and extra care right and when that bandage is not there it goes against that and the person might hurt them unintentionally and that what that's what also makes me comes to flowers like let's say when you go in the garden and uh try to touch a rose you are hurt right you mm-hmm. have a cut in your hand and that's very unintentional because mm-hmm. the very nature of the flower is to please you with that beautiful fragrance and the wonderful appearance but it hurts you so that was my connection to that was my immediate connection that came up when you said these are the two things right yeah you are saying something sorry yeah the same thing so once i was done with this bandaid part i was trying to think where do flowers figure in this picture where do they come in uh, if at all they do and uh, the idea about uh, bandaids uh, and cracks that led me to think about uh, how uh, our wounds remain open as long as they are under the skin colored bandaid they are not seen they are not sympathized with they are not uh, given any consideration and some of them might heal some of them might not heal and like you said people might end up hurting you even more over yeah. there since we are trying to camouflage it under uh, the skin colored bandage and uh, it occurred to me somehow that only weeds uh, uh, can come out of these cracks if they are not healed no beautiful thing uh, like flowers can come out of it and i went on to think about it and I randomly googled it and I realized that the the concept of bandages and flowers already exists and there are numerous numerous uh, tattoo ideas concepts around it and illustrations uh, around it as well it was fascinating to see some of those designs uh, we'll put them in the newsletter that we send out I have uh, downloaded a few good ones and uh, yeah so even there I think uh, uh, I was uh, surprise positively surprised to uh, realize that uh, the idea behind those uh, 
tattoos or illustrations was that uh, to signify or somehow show or express basically that uh, there have been some wounds that uh, have not healed yet or they act as a, a tattoo or a message of uh, or a symbol of hope somehow that uh, flowers will uh, blossom out of this crack or this wound so such uh, ideas already existed and then it occurred to me that yeah they do go together there is space for band-aids and flowers to make a sensible uh, topic it's not as uh, unconnected or wild as uh, one might have thought in the beginning of it so yeah when you said that uh when you said that the beans grow out from the cracks right so that's also very interesting that it's not it's not always that the injuries are the full stop or the dead end of your life it's a uh, beginning of something new be it a heartbreak be it a mental uh injury or be it a physical injuries um in a way restarting your life it's giving you time to stop and think about what has happened and what went wrong and what caused that injury so it's like a pause that hey wait you are doing something wrong and something can be better so look out and be better next time so it's like a a stop sign a stop signal that hey it's a yellow signal you should wait think about it and then maybe proceed right left or center wherever you want to go so and that's the beauty of that weed coming out right mm. it's completely bed and it's completely uh deserted but something grows out of it and that's the beauty of the weed it grows where other things wouldn't true you that might be a sign of hope in itself though not an aesthetic one yeah but uh, yes even aesthetically it's pleasing to look at right it's uh, a small uh, green color in a barren land or let's say a gray or uh whatever color that is black let's say the rocks grayish color and it pops up and if the large expanse it's only the green thing it's very pleasing in a way so it also depends on how you see it at the end of the day and if you are able to spot it because people would usually ignore it and now now it comes back to me uh, how i connected weeds with cracks actually uh, the same day that the topic of uh, bandits occurred to me i was sitting at my office and there is this old government school in front of my office some shada number something and uh, it's i think a thousand years old hasn't been repaired or looked after in uh, ages and there's this wall which hasn't even been painted it's still in that uh, the color of cement color and in that pathetic condition that it lays uh, somewhere high up in the wall somewhere uh, 10 feet from the ground 10 15 feet from the ground there is a small plant coming out of the uh, that wall it's it has come to become a small uh, a nice 2 uh, 3 feet uh, plant and with so many leaves in her around it that was fascinating to me about how something uh, uh, it, it it is weirdly a sign of hope it it wasn't uh, as uh, pleasing to look at as a nice uh, flower would be it's yes. not aesthetic in that sense but uh, metaphorically yes it it it's a huge sign of hope and uh, i don't know it 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 symbolizes hope in the way that uh, it's not over yet there's something more that can happen and it's never the full stop or never the dead end that you are looking at as right and uh, flowers and they in itself are a 
sign of life and sign of hope right they become fruits we mm. i don't know about many of the flowers i don't know what mogra turns into i don't know what happens to a rose after it's completed being a rose but it's a sign of hope and it's a cycle right that you know like it would end but it would not end that phase might end but its life doesn't ever end it becomes another seed which grows up and that's also how healing happens right even when let's say human body is completely dead it is either buried or let's say burnt and the ashes are uh, put in the uh, any element of nature right sea earth fire or sky mm. it's in a way uh, helping life to come back again which buried it helps the plants to grow if it's uh, uh, immersed in the sea it helps the sea creatures in some way or the other if nothing it becomes the uh, nutrition for the growing weeds hmm. right so it's cyclical in its own nature and even the worst thing that we see which is broken or which which is shattered is useful in its way and if nothing we look at the torn paper hmm. and even that can be recycled to make a new paper completely True. so that's how even bandages are the sign of hope and when and when that the process of healing has either stopped or met its end it gives life to the flowers true Th- that's the whole cycle of things yeah, coming to yeah, a full circle full circle a couple of things come to me so first thing when you talk when you were talking about the hope aspect of the tree coming up or weeds coming out of cracks that also reminded me how it is it gives you a wave of optimism as well that uh, you know cracks wounds are usually we see them very negatively that uh, they are bad for us or they are hurtful and of course they are but sometimes they might be for a purpose i don't know that sounds very corny i guess but <laughs> cracks or wounds are not always bad a lot of good things can come out of them as well that gives me some kind of optimism weirdly enough um, that is one thing and the other thing is you talk about flowers turning into a fruits i guess a lot of do but uh, what happens to other flowers yes that was that was also something that i was wondering uh, and incidentally just a few days uh, before you or i any of us thought about this topic and instantly while writing about uh, you know flowers it came back to me that oh just the other day i had given this thing a thought so i have a few flowers in my garden and i i was uh, looking at them and i i was surprised to see how a flower that i particularly loved uh, white hibiscus it was uh, looking beautiful on it on the on the plant but uh, when i saw it uh, lying uh, down dead it was quite uh, an image to see and digest because you know you admire the beauty of it you might click pictures to upload it or you might give it to someone or uh, a lot of them are also offered to god but uh, the dead flowers uh, we don't give them a lot of thought i thought it was that was a, a very neglected part of flowers you only uh, give glory to the ones that are uh, at the peak of their beauty the the fully bloomed uh, ones before and after is always uh, ignored so that was something that uh, was sad i felt when it came to flowers yeah, it's like it's related to every death i can say that if a person or anyone is alive they respect and they sought after right when when they complete and when they cease to exist exist sorry they their remembrance is there for uh, it's a long period of time depending on how close the person is it 
stays and it does not okay it depends on the vary of closeness and once but in a way everyone moves on there is no uh, full stop to there mm-hmm. and when the flower is dead uh, it's neglected because no one was actually close to it right mm-hmm. and if it it is a sign of death and death unfortunately is not viewed as a positive thing any culture that i know of true but in in humans i think uh, once you die you become some kind of saint at least people will talk <laughs> such great things about you and such uh, yeah. positive memories are being uh, you know conjured up uh, uh, in the in the few days that uh, you have passed uh, but i think the flowers once they uh, lose their beauty uh, they are nowhere you completely forget about them yeah it's uh... It's a classic case of using proverbs. Uh-huh. Yeah, True. When it's beautiful, you use it when it's not occupied. Right? True. And not just uh, I think the regular people, but even uh, literature or art. I, I you don't come across a lot of things that talk about uh, the dead flowers, or not a lot of thought or consideration given to uh, other aspects of flowers apart from the ones where they look beautiful or. charming or aesthetic uh, in the in the in the peak of their uh, life cycle yeah so i i remember these few instances maybe it's in a movie or it's a series that the flower becomes a bookmark and after years if when it's dead you open it and all the old memories come back to you and it becomes like let's say a sign of remembrance a memory or something right and True. that it's not really something that they wanted to do intentionally but it it just happens because the person forgets mm. it in that book or in that place and it then becomes a sign of memory or a ticket to nostalgia right true but yeah it's not intentional in that way so it's like uh, neglect caused the death true and I, i am also i also don't know how long will we have those uh, will we have those moments where we oh, randomly open a book and find a flower in them i, I don't think that's possible with our kindles <laughs> i don't think any of like people put flowers in the books right i haven't seen any person doing that and it's very strange like even i, I personally don't like the idea of flowers as in i wouldn't plug them or i wouldn't want it for myself i see that as like a a very unethical thing to do because they are alive in itself and <laughs> in order to please me if i would have killed someone that's True. the highest form of sadism that i can think exactly there is this one particular quote by osho i i can't recollect his exact words but the idea was that if you love a flower let it be <laughs> don't pluck it don't pluck it don't kill it if you love it you just let it be nurture it be a part of its um, glory life beauty Uh, and enjoy it, but don't pluck it. Yeah, that, that's like a very opposite thing to our culture, especially Indian culture. Where flowers are omnipresent, if I can say it, in religious customs or even everyday life, when it becomes a thing of adoration, decoration that women use, or even men use at times, and that's strange. But yeah, I don't know. It's also a very popular item of uh, gifting, you know, bouquets being yeah. gifted. <laughs> I never understood that concept. I need some very enlightening on it. That how a person thought, oh, Gushne Dena is, we'll give them a good bouquet. 
deprived of it in a way and they want it so it's the only thing that they can do and that's the worst thing that we have neglected them mm. so yeah it's time that we do but yeah so it becomes like a center of attraction and Bandit is my uh, yeah. If we get fancy bandits, I think it might work otherwise as well. Uh, it might become more about the aesthetic of it or the fashion of it rather than the the purpose for which it was made. That is something that uh, didn't occur to me earlier. It's coming to me just right now as we talk about it. Maybe that's why they don't make the. Other colors and only stick to the skin ones, right? Wow, the whole episode <laughs> <Exactly>. wasted. <laughs> Self discovery. True, but interestingly, just the other day, uh, I had written this already, and uh, after it, just uh, the other day, I was at a friend's place who got cuts, and I think some relative of theirs must have. brought it from abroad or something i don't know some i came across some fancy band uh, bandages of star shaped and uh, edge shaped in all kinds of shapes and in all kinds of colors uh, green and blue and purple and all and i i was laughing at myself that i have written the whole thing and i'm going to record a whole episode about bandages and here they are in fancy <laughs> colors oh, you are living back you are going backwards in there they want to talk about it Exactly. You you can go and next like a step ahead and challenge them that make a chalk color changing bandits now. Oh yeah. We want chameleon bandits. Came- plus I I had this idea about uh, rainbow colored bandits. Uh-huh. Why just one or two colored bandits? Why not have multi colored bandits? So that they haven't caught up on that part yet. Maybe that is just economical. Uh, one die is cheaper than two. Mm. So. It might be that, and one but wouldn't want to pay very highly for that. I think people might pay good prices for fancy bandits. It depends, right? How privileged or unprivileged they are. True. And if if it's hospitals, they would buy the most expensive ones, I guess. Yes. If nothing, we get a sponsorship from them. True. We hope uh, we Not. can get sponsorship from some bandit walas. run this podcast and interestingly the very fact that we are talking so much about bandit is that a bandit is a generic term for company that has been uh used in daily life the actual term is adhesive bandages that we use and bandit is a company's name just like how xerox is the name for photocopies or colgate for toothpaste and most of us are oblivious to that True, and it occurred to me uh, when I gave you the topic, and I, when I was writing, it occurred to me that should I refer to it as bandages or should I continue referring to it as bandages? But then, then occurred to me that referring to it as bandages might give out uh, different images to different listeners. But when you say bandage, it everyone knows what you are talking about. Yeah, you are like specified a form here. Exactly. Yes. Small chotos are exactly not the fight in that topic when you are fractured. Yes, so that's tricky part, and so I thought let's stick with bandits, and that's okay. We can use a proper noun to talk about a generic thing, and we'll survive. Even bandits are like clueless. Everyone talks about us as if we are nothing. <laughs> So yeah I think that was the weird journey of uh, bandits and flowers for me it was uh, 
nice topic to think about to wonder and i think there are so many threads uh, that can be picked up from here individually about these topics and combined even when we put them together i think um just randomly you can go in google bandages and flowers and you will come across all the fancy tattoo ideas and illustrations that i was talking about uh, and of course you will find them in the newsletter as well a couple of images so yeah i i, I sometimes we uh, by chance by coincidence come across these topics and later uh, realize that uh, <laughs> so many people have already given thought to it and so many people have already perceived it in so many different ways that uh, we didn't think of or that probably they didn't think of and we had an idea about it's like a realization of innovation that wasn't an innovation <laughs> you are not <laughs> thinking any differently you are just thinking about something that has not been like it's highlighted so much true so you're like oh this is disappointing yeah i i i, I had a bit slight i must admit disappointment when i i thought nothing will turn up on google when i write bandages and flowers i didn't expect a lot of things to come up and there were so many images and illustrations that came up and explanations about the idea behind the tattoo and the philosophy or the uh, thinking behind it and yeah that came up so that tattoo was broken and then it started Yeah yeah a lot of people uh, have a lot of explanations for it a lot of people have different designs for it and uh, have already tattooed themselves with this design on their different body parts <laughs> maybe next time it will be very much more innovative that you wouldn't find on google maybe. true hopefully <laughs> so hopefully so we will strive to come up with topics that uh, are not google able Yeah. If I may put it, and if you Google, we are the only ones that you have. Exactly. Let's yeah. hope to get there. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that is all. You have anything else to add? No, I think that's all from my side. Great. So that was all about bandages and flowers from me, Harsh, and this was Raj. Okay, and we are Blabber Dabbers, and you can also read our newsletters. The link will be in the description. Go read them and. follow like share our podcast and make up make us famous yay thank you thank you bye 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 da da da